Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We're well into season two of Breaking Bad now. Um, starting to get into some some good meaty stuff. Getting into some of the the big storylines here. Um, and today we are talking about season two, episode five, Breakage. This was directed by Johan Rink um, and written by Moira Wally Beckett. Um, first came out on April of 2009. Really fun episode to get into and i um, looking forward to talking all about it. My name is Nick and uh, I'm being off. What does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> and my name is Ben and feng shui, yo, I dig it. <laughs> Great line, that one. I really enjoyed that line. Yeah, I, I enjoyed yours too, Nick. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I shouldn't say that out loud probably. <laughs> yeah it's another great hank one you know like um you can always guarantee if hank's a, a major player in the episode you're going to get some some good kind of quotes from him yeah yeah and i mean god i, I hank like he wasn't in the last episode i don't think we mentioned that last week mm. but um yeah when he's in episodes it's kind of hard not to uh to to take notice of him because they're really going hard out on the hank stuff um but uh yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a battle off when we get Saul in a few episodes, isn't it? Or yeah, we're yeah. Have quotes from right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is not a bit not a bad thing because I think um, you know when we start comparing this to the other show that that you and I have done, which is um, Nip Tuck, you know, there's just quotes are plenty there because it's you know that kind of show. Whereas this one, the quotes are not. There's some good quotes, but they're maybe not like jump off the page. Like you've got to say that one because it's so funny. You know, like sometimes you get them, but not all that often. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what 24s like. That must be an interesting one to get quotes for oh i mean it's a lot of angry yelling jack bauer you know i mean that's always fun when you kind of um you know i think uh, at least at the time of recording this we just had an episode where jack bauer gets tasered and we get about a minute of him of keith sutherland just screaming at the top of his lungs so that was my quote because it's just it's for some reason i find keith sutherland screaming hilarious so uh, well, who doesn't um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a fantasy of some, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it has its moments, definitely. Right, but there, right. there are definitely some episodes where you're like, yeah, what am I going to say this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's uh, there's plenty to talk about with this episode. It was interesting when we did the last episode we talked about, was it Vulture or one of, one of the lists that you've been using that, that it was their, their lowest ranked episode, which um, I have to yeah. say I'm surprised by whether or not I think this is a, a buyer or rent or whatever, you know, like I, I, I'm surprised that, that people would consider this to be the worst episode. It looks, I think there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, so do I. I mean, both, yeah, the Vulture has it as 62 out of 62, but the Ring of Spoil has it 44. So, like, a bit of a discrepancy right. there. So, like, a 20 place discrepancy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this isn't certain episodes, which, I mean, there's obviously the one that we keep alluding to, which is considered often people think it's the worst one. But, I mean, even just scrolling through this list, I can't even see that episode very low on some of these lists. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this is the beauty of this show, though, isn't it? Where I kind of think, like, you know, when we did Nip Tuck, we kind of had one that was guaranteed to be guaranteed to be an absolute shithouse of an episode. Um, there was another episode which is often hated, which I praised. Um, but yeah, there's certain shows where you will have episodes where it's like guaranteed this is a terrible episode. You cannot avoid it. Uh, but like, yeah, Breaking Bad outside of the one cliche one that is very divisive. Like I, I can't think of any that realistically are automatically terrible. And I mean, if I was, I wouldn't have thought about this one because... I mean, this isn't a bad episode. It's it's not a brilliant episode. Like we're not going to be ranking this at number one, but I mean, you know, it's kind of it's kind of very much what we've had over the last couple of weeks, really. So you yeah. know, I don't see why this could be the worst episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, I I think it's really it, for me. I kind of go back to those things like is it entertaining and does it move the story forward? And I would say it probably 
does a reasonable amount of both. Um, I think entertainment is a bit is more of a, a kind of subjective matter. You know, like some of us will find some things more entertaining than others. But you know, I think this is a pretty entertaining episode, um, and there's plenty here to kind of keep us moving forward. So, yeah, it, it surprises me, but I, I guess we should just probably get into it and start talking about the episode and unpacking what we've got in here. And we kind of start with this um, this cold open, which is um, you know kind of these immigrants crossing. I assume it's the Rio Negro, right? Like the the main river that you kind of mm. cross to get into America from Mexico. Um, and you see these two guys kind of like emerging out of this, you know, muddy river. And one of them kind of picks up the the grill, you know, that we got introduced to in the last episode, um, or the episode before, sorry. Um, you know, that, that Hank had got of Tuco's grill and it's like, okay, so how has this ended up? And, you know, it's a, it's a kind of classic breaking bad open of like, oh, okay, like we don't know how this has ended up here. And I assume we're going to find that out throughout this episode. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a pretty simple, little grabber just to kind of get you into the episode i think um i i i mean i haven't actually looked on breaking bad wiki i mean i'm sure these two probably have a page like who are these two like are these um you know random people that we're going to get down the line but um yeah i i kind of like these sort of you know it's kind of harks back to um the first season when we've got the little girl finding the uh the mask doesn't it um you know so a little bit different obviously but um yeah, it's just a, it's a simple cold open, um, which is pretty standard. We get a lot of these, I feel, along the way. So, um, yeah, and it's like it's not super flashy. It's not like in your face, like, oh, this is something that you need to remember. Like, you know, you've been watching the show, like, oh, that's a bit unusual. That's, you know, there in the river. So I wonder how that's going to get there. So, yeah, and it's and again, like I think we've mentioned before with some of these, you know, particularly with what we've been getting with the, the black and white ones, sort of alluding to what we're going to get the season finale. We, we don't even get a time frame. You know, it's not like, you know, we get a two days earlier, you know what I mean, things like that, which I kind of like because one of the things that um, on a slight tangent, but it's not really at the same time, is that I like about this show is I remember when I watched it first through, and I should have mentioned this last week when it came to um, Gomez talking to Hector, like there's no subtitles on the screen for the Spanish. And I remember at some point, like, I was like, like, have I got, like, a dodgy version of this? Like, why do I not have subtitles? And it's it's a deliberate thing. They deliberately don't have subtitles, like, on, on, on the Spanish-speaking scenes. So it's kind of like subtle little things that you are used to on certain TV shows that you don't have on this. And to me, this is kind of one of them. Like, usually you would get a two days earlier or a three days earlier. Like, you don't need to know uh, specifically that the, the following episode takes place over three days, you know. So, yeah, it's subtle little thing that Breaking Bad does, which kind of it breaks conventions that you're used to on sort of tv shows yeah absolutely and i think um it's one of those things where it's kind of left for you to fill that in um this is a show that doesn't necessarily spoon feed its viewers which you know is, is one of the things i really like and respect about the show is that you know you are trusted as a viewer to kind of find these things out for yourself and and sometimes you don't actually need that information so why give it you know um and i think you know we, there are times where we obviously we do get subtitles from spanish so it is one of those things that when it's important you do get that stuff um but you know if it's not important you're not going to see it so yeah i think it's it, it, it's kind of a good grabber i think that the show is starting to develop a real habit for doing good cold opens and and they've kind of got that right in in season two so far i think we kind of move on to um the first kind of scene after the credits which is walt getting chemo and i really like this kind of thing of like everything around him is fast forwarding you know like he's kind of sitting in this chair and like everything around him is going really quickly um and then we kind of get him, you know, like talking with his doctor after, you know, he's finished round one of, of chemo and, and the doctor saying it's positive, which it's kind of vague. Like we don't really get, you know, the results have come back and they say such and such. It's just like, that's positive, you know, so it doesn't really tell us a whole a whole lot. Um, and yeah, the doctor kind of follows up with the, do we ever get a name for this doctor? We probably should find that out. But anyway. Um, I think we do because I think yeah. when we talked about guest stars in most episodes last season, I'm pretty sure we mentioned his name. So he does have a doctor. Del Cavoli, Dr. Doc- Del Cavoli, yeah. Right, okay, so that's just something I, yeah, yep. I feel like it's just something I need to uh, to actually say because he does come up quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, so so anyway, we, we kind of, um, you know, we, we kind of get this, this conversation about, you know, the confusion and all that kind of stuff and, um, and you know, talking about are things good with Skylar and he's like, yeah, they, they're good, you know, like it, just another lie. It's not a massive lie, but, it, you know, it is a lie nonetheless. Um, we go forwards to him paying the bill and, you know, we kind of hear that, that the bill's massive, you know, like it, it's, you know, a lot more than he was expecting. Um, 
and yeah, and and Walt kind of talks about you know the payment for that's going to be in cash and yada yada yada, and um, then he gets this badge you know that says hope is the best medicine, which he kind of chucks in the bin as he walks out. So yeah, we're kind of setting up here. I think it's probably been a little while since we've kind of done a bit of a check in about you know the whole reason the show exists is because this guy's got cancer, and so you know we've we've just got ourselves this little scene that kind of talks about that. So um, it's a good little reminder to us, you know, kind of five episodes in that this is why we're doing it. Because I do find, doesn't it, like it sort of does disappear on occasions, doesn't it? Like I feel it's sort of, it's not always there. I can't really remember too much. Oh, yeah, it. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we totally get, you know, kind of as the show goes on that, um, you know, like the cancer becomes less of an important plot point. But, you know, like so close to the start of the show, it should be kind of a major thing. It should be driving them forwards. And, yeah, yeah. it's kind of something that is is quite a big part of, um, you know, a, a few episodes after this. So season two. Was still, it was still very heavily focused on it. The question I have when um, the doctor's talking about his fugue state or whatever it is, like, would the psychiatrist not have informed the doctor? Like, I know it's confidentiality, but, like, I feel the psychiatrist still needs to inform the, the doctor. Like, I feel like there's a medical kind of thing there going where the psychiatrist would have to tell, like, the, the doctor, like, hey, actually, he was, you know, he's faking it. You know what I mean? So, like... Mm. I don't know, I feel like that would be related to his treatment because if this doctor's still trying to run tests on him of why he had a fugue state or whatever the hell they're saying it is, if the psychiatrist can quickly just blow that away straight away by saying, well, actually, he didn't, he faked this, then, I don't know, like, I just feel like there's communication between doctors, like, mm-hmm. uh, not to nitpick for nitpick's sake, but... Um, yeah. I do like I, the awkwardness with this like woman who gives him the the badge, just kind of staring at each other. We got one of those old laser printer sort of yeah. things. That, <laughs> yeah. I used to have one of them. God, they were terrible, weren't they? I feel um, like I've still got pay slips from like a previous job yeah. that was printed out on those like from years ago. That's like, what do I, I do with old pay slips? I don't want to just chuck them in the bin. But yeah. One of my, uh, living in Invercargill, the bowling alley that was there, which basically hadn't been updated, I think, since 1981, because <laughs> um, I think I think they were selling it as I was leaving. I don't know if they ever sold it, but essentially they could never update the equipment and everything because it was going to cost so much money. So And plus everything was working fine. So I was like, okay, that's, you know, whatever. So all the computers were like these old 80s, old school computers. And then at the end of, you know, your thing, when they would give you a printout of your scores, it would be on one of these things. So very Invercargill. Maybe that's just a technology there but um yeah i i would have thrown that badge out too and that's just not you know I, i'm just i hate super positive people like don't give me some crap hope is the best medicine no chemo is the best medicine hope's not gonna mm. give me freaking cancer free shut up old woman yeah and it's kind of so uh, i'm assuming you're not a big um live laugh love kind of guy or whatever the no, hell that saying no, is no, def- <laughs> me def- either definitely not <laughs> So we kind of follow Walt home and he's and he's um comes and Skylar's on the phone to to the doctors um talking about the cost and we find out it's thirteen thousand dollars. Um and you know, gets off the phone, talks talks to Walt about it and talks about, you know, maybe this is something that's a you know, a three day count a three day stay, sorry. Um and you know, this is something that maybe Elliot and Gretchen might want to cover and this is kind of like Elliot and Gretchen are gonna come back into the the episode. Um you know, back into the story here where we've had a little bit of a break from them and um, you know, obviously this is a big a big linchpin of, of Walt's lie is that um Skylar doesn't know that that Gretchen and Elliot haven't paid for this. So it's kind of fun to get back into this. Um and and yeah, then we kind of cut to the scene where you know it's the middle of I think it's the middle of the night. Well, it's very light, but that might just be because it's you know like for film's sake, you kind of need to you can't film these yeah. things too much in the dark. Um, and you know, Walks kind of like wakes up in the middle of the night, and goes and counts his money. Um, you know, we and then we kind of follow him. Um, kind of um, into the bathroom and he's vomiting from the chemo um, and, and I just no- noted that um, the music here was quite creepy it was like mm. kind of a like you know like it felt like just you know playing a note on the piano over and over again you know it was kind of like something almost out of a horror movie um, so it was yeah like creepily effective and then obviously like he, he um, flushes the toilet and um, it, it has clogged up and, and outspits the cigarette packet so kind of bringing us back to what happened at the end of the last episode where Skylar was was smoking in the car so um, yeah it's it, it's uh, it's it's a nice little callback to to the last episode and kind of keeps that little storyline going so yeah it's nothing super exciting but I um I, I think these scenes work really well 
Skylar's calmed down a little bit. She's obviously, uh, you know, uh, forgiving him slightly because she's not as moody. But, uh, you know, that's, I guess, natural. I guess you kind of get used to this in some weird way. But, um, again, this is just something very foreign for, you know, an Australian and New Zealand to be watching getting a $13,000 <laughs> medical bill. Yeah. Um, which is scary. Like, God, like, I, I remember being in the States at one point and I had a really bad cough. And like it was, I used to get a bad cough every year and I was actually staying with uh, T-Bird and her husband and they basically were like, Ben, we're going to take you to the doctor today. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. It's like, oh, you've got insurance. So you've got travel insurance. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. You know, we'll take you. And I'm like, well, how much will this cost? I'm like, oh, it'll probably cost like three, $400, but you'll get it back on insurance. And I'm like, I'm not going to a doctor to pay $400 for them to tell me you've got a bad cough, have some antibiotics. Like, I can wait a couple of weeks while I'm back in Australia and do it then. It's like, I get this every year. But like, $400 for a doctor's visit? Like, yeah, mm. no. Um, anyway, so hello to all yeah, of I mean, and it is, it is one of those things that, you know, even even in a place where there's government health care and you don't have to pay these things, you know, um, been been very unwell, whether it's cancer or, or whatever else, is still an incredibly um, expensive thing for somebody to have to go through because they're you know, they're maybe not going to be at work. There's going to be other associated costs, yeah. so it's hard enough anyway without actually having to find the money for the medical side of it itself. So um, yeah, I think that it just kind of really brings home to you know I, I think I've talked talked before about that meme that I've seen around where it's like you know if Breaking Bad was made in Canada, it would be like man finds out he has cancer, gets government health care, the end. You know like. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be it. So uh, there is kind of like a not so subtle dig that this whole show exists because of the healthcare system, I suppose, in America, which um, it, it, it's just an interesting kind of subplot, I suppose. Which is always just yeah fascinating, given the the, the level of America and the world and the you know superpower it is that it you know it, it, this is the thing they've got to face. But um, yeah, I this scene when he's like vomiting and then he's kind of plunging the toilet. This. Um, the thing that I, I remember the Simpsons episode when they go to Australia and the whole thing is about the toilets flushing around the, the yeah, other yeah. way around. Um, you know, the first time I've went to, to the States, that's a thing you do. But like their toilets are very weird in the fact that kind of like it, like they've got like half a bowl filled with water already. So yeah. it's kind of like when the when you first go there, you almost think that it's, it's blocked. But the apartment that I lived in Canada, I swear, had the smallest tank I've ever had for a toilet. Because, like, even if you just, you know, dropped a couple of nuggets in there and put, like, two pieces of toilet paper, it would get blocked. <laughs> so, like, this scene just brought me back to my apartment in Canada. You always had a plunger ready to go, but I didn't ever have a packet of cigarettes popping up outside afterwards. But, um, yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, yeah, I said, like, a callback to the end of the last episode. We only saw her with one, but... Uh, yeah, here she is uh, having flushed it down the... Which is always interesting when people flush it down the toilet. Like, I mean, I guess we've seen Walt go through a rubbish bin already once in this series. But, like, I mean, you know, if you bury it deep enough in a bin, no one's going to see it. I'm not saying I've got experience, but come on. Like, you can hide things in a bin already. Like, you don't yeah, have to flush everything yeah. down the toilet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or burn Maybe crazy or, eight, or whatever. But- yeah. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, so I, I think that kind of just moves us on to the next part of the, the um, episode, which is Hank. And, you know, we're there with him in his office and his boss is talking to him and they're talking about the fact that, you know, the, the drug world is actually pretty quiet at the moment, you know, the, obviously because because um, Tuco's not there. Um, and, so, you know, and then we kind of get this thing about it's pretty quiet, but this name Heisenberg keeps coming up. And so this is obviously the first time I think we've heard um, Hank kind of talk about Heisenberg specifically, which is, you know, it's kind of exciting. We're kind of like these, these tiny little pieces are starting to get put together which is which is exciting for us i think um and then his boss wants wants him to lead up this kind of tri-state area task force um so he's going to be splitting his time between albuquerque and el paso which i did just a quick little google search of which is a four-hour drive one way so it's that's quite a significant uh stretch of your time you know like um i'm trying to think of what that would be like for me where i would be traveling to and that feels like a really long way to go for the coromandel wouldn't you basically going that oh further than that it's almost Wellington for me. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it, it's quite a long way to go. So, yeah, it is, um, it, it's just quite interesting to think that that's probably nothing for America because it's such a big country that they it's, just don't even consider it. But for yeah. me, I just thought it was really, really interesting that, um, that that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, so Hank's really excited about it, but then we kind of follow him and he's, you know, he's going to take, um, take Gomi and this other guy out for lunch and, um, you know, they kind of leave before him. He goes down in the elevator and has like a panic attack, basically. 
basically in the elevator and um, I think I had remembered this like in, in my memory is that he was having a heart attack but it's pretty clearly a panic attack in this episode so um, it's funny what your what your memory kind of like picks up on from the first time you watch this you know um, and so so yeah and this is obviously something that's going to follow Hank's story a little bit over the next few episodes is this whole idea of he's putting on this facade but actually you know he's the whole Tuco situation has had an impact on him which I like I forgot about it too actually and then kind of uh yeah props to Dean Norris because I think kind of you know whenever you've seen Dean Norris and things he's kind of very I don't say one note I'm not saying he's a bad actor but it's just kind of he's generally the same character and everything I mean we had that one episode of Nip Tuck where he was basically what a military person and basically playing the same person you know but kind of when you get to see him do something a little bit more like it's kind of yeah like when, like he's dis- when he's dismissing Johnny Rico from from Starship Troopers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who was he like? The he was in Big Bang Theory. He was some military person helping him out there with that. Uh, that stupid Under the Dome show that he was like oh, a big yeah. bad in that. Um, yeah, God, he's anyway. But um, what he what was his wife fucking a dog in Nip Tuck? That's what it was, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? And he killed the dog because his wife was yeah. fucking the dog. That was it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very Nip Tuck. Um, yeah. We listen to our Nip Tuck shows now. Yeah. Like, What's his Nip Tuck show? His wife was fucking a dog. Yeah. His wife was fucking a dog, and he killed the dog. Um, because why wouldn't you? Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, just I just like kind of this, you know, the level that we're getting with Hank this season. Yeah, he's funny. He's got his little <laughs> laugh and kind of. I, I like it when they sit him down in this office and they're just basically like, "Update us on the Tuco situation." He's dead. Great. And it's kind of just like you know the way they're doing that. But um, yeah, I forgot about this storyline that he sort of gets this El Paso task force thing and. Um, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, four hours, like, lots of driving culture in, in uh, North America. It's kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, not that much for, for some people. Um, I mean, I knew when I lived in Victoria, people would go to Vancouver every day, and that was, you know, like a, what, a 20-minute drive from where I lived to the ferry, then an hour and a half trip on the ferry. You know, you're spending two, three hours transiting every day across to Vancouver, uh, you know, spending a lot of money on petrol and ferry terminals and that but people just did it because you know that's that's their job so yeah, yeah. this would quite normal so but yeah I, I like i just like expanded hank like i like the fact that they just got him more than a, a comedy character like it's, it is kind of almost in a way like i know we're not going to get to the extent of it and we're not getting sort of a spin-off of hank but it's kind of like with soul like soul's kind of the comic relief of this show but then he gets his own spin-off and then you kind of get more into the meat and bones of him so i kind of like that on a smaller scale we're getting some meat and bones of hank here and that's yeah, where yeah. i can tolerate marie more because <laughs> yeah, like yeah. marie makes sense with hank yes so, yeah absolutely yeah. yep yep um, yeah, and, and I think it's just an interesting storyline and it gives us a reason to go back to Hank that it's not, you know, because I think we talked in the last episode that it, in some ways it felt like he was this real kind of stereotypical cop. He was just going to catch the bad guy. And, you know, so now we kind of just get in a few different layers of him, which I think is, is really interesting. And, you know, again, I'm just going to keep saying it, you know, that this this whole season has a, has a theme of unintended consequences. So, you know, the unintended consequences of these guys dealing with Tuco has ended up with, you know, Hank shooting, having a shootout with this guy and now having a panic attack and a kind of PTSD issue as a result so so Hank is suffering indirectly because of the actions of of Walt he just doesn't know that so I think it's just interesting from that perspective to kind of think about it um yeah and and so we we kind of move on from that scene and, and then it's into Jesse turning back up at the impound lot with his RV and and this is this guy Clovis again with this this other scene which I really enjoy having him back there and um Basically, he pays his, you know, the missing amount plus the, you know, the the cost of breaking the the gate in the last episode, and <laughs> um, and um, he wants to cut a deal for ongoing storage, you know, for the RV, um, you know, um, and and at first Clovis is not keen on this, and they kind of strike a deal, um, which is interesting, and then we see Jesse kind of buy this really shit house car, which um, is uh, is another section of this this Breaking Bad book, which talks about the um, the cars themselves. So they have Jesse Mobile. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, like as Walt says later in the episode, this one I assume this one doesn't bounce, and he's right, this one doesn't bounce. Um, but this this car is like it's just like a shitty like eighties Toyota or something, right? Like it's it's yeah. a really basic car. Um, but so yeah, he kind of buys that. Um, and and yeah, and then we kind of um, 
is that yeah then we're kind of moving into him turning up to to rent this property and we get our first introduction to jane here and and basically he wants to rent this property he doesn't you know wants to pay cash which she's really against her dad won't allow her to do it and and um you know so basically this is our introduction to to jane who's going to be a pretty major character in this thing um performed by um Kristen Ritter um and you know like this this is our first introduction to her and, and I think she's kind of as comes in as this fully formed character of exactly what you think she is or what you remember of her um she lives next door so it's kind of like this this kind of um two houses joined together um type of deal um yeah and so basically she ends up you know hiking the rent up by 100 bucks a week or whatever it is which is the cash price um so yeah we've, we've got an introduction to this this particular character and i'm sure we're going to have lots to say about her as we go along so yeah quite a lot to unpack there with the the jesse storyline it's a 1986 Toyota Tercel, according to Breaking Bad Wiki. So um, just for those who like their cars. Um, yeah, I mean, here I was last week going, do we ever get to see Clovis again? And he's in the next episode. Um, but it's kind of interesting because I, I was trying to work it out when Jesse's like dropping all this cash and trying to work out the rent and all this kind of stuff. Like, what did he get? Like, was it 30000 or something like that from Walt's half? Or did he only get like 17000 or something? Like, I think... Because I think Walter, they each got 60 grand, didn't they? Because that's what Hank had in that bag. So, yes, he got about 30 grand. So, right. trying to work out here that, like, how many months worth of rent is that going to get him? And then this, mm. that, and everything else. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I, Jane, Jane, like, I, I'm going to correct myself because, like, here I was saying about Kristen Ritter that I was a fan of hers. And you and I were talking a bit off air after we did the episode that actually looking through a filmography, I've not seen her in anything. So, she's just clearly got one of those faces or something. I swear, like, she's just been in something that I've seen and, like, I knew of her before this show. But also she does have a very, you know, she she looks a lot like me uh, to um, Mira Kirshner, who we talked a bit about over on 24. And um, she also kind of looks like a bit like... Um, uh, is it Eliza Dershku or whatever her name was early in the early oh, 2000s? Yeah. She's kind of got a bit of a look about her to her. So maybe that's kind of where I'm just confusing her with those type of people. But yeah, like I I, I like Jane, um, but like also like she's never going to be my ultimate favourite. I kind of nothing Jane. I don't know. Like I like I like Jesse and Jane. Like I kind of like their combination. It's nice that Jesse gets a girlfriend, I guess, and obviously she's going to have an impact on things. But they've got good chemistry with each other. Um, I think Jane's attractive. Um, not that it matters, but uh, Jesse's attractive too. Just again, always an equal opportunity perv. Um, but I kind of like the fact that, you know, after all the shit that Jesse had last week, that he's finally got somebody to give him, give him a chance. So I kind of like that, that, uh, you know, he's got that. So yeah. So, um, the, the fact that she lives next door as well, you know, that's not setting anything up for these two to get together at all, is it? So, um, I just spoiled it anyway by saying it's good for Jesse to have a girlfriend. But anyway, so uh, it's a it's a decent looking place too. Like, you know, it's not the worst looking place he could have gotten. Yeah, I, I mean, I, going back to Kristen Ritter, I think, um, yeah, I think she's kind of like a, a little bit typecast at this point and, and probably still is to a degree um, as being, you know, like the kind of snarky best friend, I think is probably what you kind of remember her as from things you've seen, like just looking through her filmography, it's like, feels like she's in a lot of rom-coms as the kind of snarky best friend or, or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, she was obviously in Gilmore Girls, apparently. It's not a show I've watched, but she was in eight episodes of that. So she's, um, you know, um, she's been in Veronica Mars. So I think a, a kind of quite a few tv shows she's been in a you know if not a regular but somebody that has appeared in a few episodes but you know obviously her big breakout thing after breaking bad was jessica jones um which i've seen the first season of i watched the defenders um i think she's great in that it was kind of like she was made for that role um and that's kind of just like another version of of this jane character you know this kind of again kind of quite snarky it works like she just works in that role perfectly um so yeah that's kind of where i now think of her from and this obviously are the two things that i kind of know her from um I, it fits this character i think um I don't love the Jane character. I think it's probably an important character to have. Um, I think the, the thing that a lot of people feel about 
Skylar, like that whole, she's a bit of an annoying bitch is probably the way I feel about Jane. Um, but I think, you know, she's such an important character for, for Jesse's story that um, you can't help but watch what happens here. Um, to me, I think just sort of as we go along, she kind of just gets and waltz away at points and it just kind of annoys me, I, th- I suppose. Um, but, you know, like that's not so much the character as the writing. Like she's been written to be to be a bit of an obstacle for him and, and get in the way of what he needs from Jesse. So that's all part of kind of telling the story of these two um, and their relationship, um, Walt and Jesse, I mean. Um, so, yeah, I think she's deliberately made to to annoy you, you know? yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, she's not somebody that, um, I'm, I'm absolutely crazy about I think kind of annoys me a little bit but um, I think she's in a, such an important part of the second season that it's nice to you know like we're we're getting along here now we're into episode five and we kind of want to get this character here so I'm glad she's at least you know we're, we're into it now we've got her there well it's kind of you know going into what we're saying about how Jesse was never meant to be in this anymore so they're finding things for him to do and kind of developing him and yeah well I think whether you like Jane or not as you said she's a very important character for Jesse I mean you know spoiler or not spoiler like I mean she from memory makes a cameo doesn't she in El Camino so kind of yeah, like obviously so. there's there's enough importance of her to him and I kind of always like that about uh, you know certain characters on TV shows how you know, yeah, they might have multiple relationships and kind of end up with someone or that sort of stuff. But I like it when sort of someone has that one. Like, like again, Nip Tuck, Matt, it was, you know, it was always Ava. You know, it doesn't matter how many 101 relationships he had and all that sort of stuff. Like, Ava was the one that ultimately he walked away with. And that to me is like, yep, that's how it should be because she was the one to, that made the biggest impact on Matt. Um, so that to me is, yeah, it's Jane on, on Jesse because I know he has, a, he has another girlfriend at some point, doesn't he? So, um yeah, of course, with the kid. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I, yeah, Jane. No matter what you think, like it's no different to Skylar. Like no matter what you think of Skylar, like she's kind of important to Walt, isn't she? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think that the callbacks to you know, it's kind of hard to talk about without you know, like spoiling stuff. So I don't want to talk about this too much. But you know, this is somebody that. Um, their importance to Jesse is going to be really important, you know, for a long time in the story. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that as we kind of watch this character and her relationship with Jesse unfold. So we can kind of move on. We've got the scene now where, where Hank's back home um, <laughs> and he's, he's brewing a Schrader brow, um, <laughs> which I absolutely love. Um, you know, as somebody. Schrader brow. What's he singing? Like he's singing his little jingle <laughs> or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, like I'm a bit of an unabashed, um, um, craft beer drinker, I, I, you know, and um, there's this there's this kind of um, app for for drinking craft beer. So when you drink a beer, you kind of check it in, and you know you rate it out of five and stuff like that. And um, you know, like I, I just had to go and look and see if Schrader Brow was on this app untapped, and it is. Um, so Schrader Brow's on there because obviously there is a, a company that's cashed in on this and must have a deal with with, with AMC about um, brewing Schrader Brow. So you can actually buy Schrader Brow. I've seen because um, I know I think on social media Dean Norris will like pose with pictures of it or something like that like i, I swear i've seen him holding like a thing of it and saying like hey, yeah. you can get shade straight straight of brow so yeah yeah that's no, pretty cool and you know so that is uh figaro mountain brewing co in um california where you can get it but uh it's got an average rating of 3.63 out of five which isn't too bad so must be an okay beer um so yeah maybe maybe i'll need to find a way of managing to import some some trader brow so i can try it at some point but yeah i do love this kind of little subplot we get of, of you know like he becomes a bit of a beer brewer and you know pays off in a bit of a joke i guess at the end of this episode which is quite fun but um yeah obviously he's he's brewing and um you know um marie comes home and it's kind of like what are you doing type of thing um and you know he, he's kind of deflecting right here like he, he should be really excited and um and you know, marie's pissed off basically um and they have this argument about him taking up this new role that she's not happy about. Um, she storms off, you know, and he, he continues to kind of bottle this beer and accidentally smashes one. Um, and we're going to see him with the, you know, the, the bandages on his hands for the rest of this episode as a result. Which, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I wonder if it's one is it one of these things where Dean Norris really did hurt himself and they had to come up with an excuse to put on a, <laughs> a, a bandage. Like, you know, they, they do that in lots of shows. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I, I like you know, Hank having a beer thing. Like, I, you know, we've still got the, the crystals to come as well, don't we? So it's kind of yes. like just random things that we have that Hank does. But, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how at the start of this season it was sort of uh, Marie deflecting, wasn't it? And then sort of Hank sort of, you know, worried and now it's kind of the other way around. But, like, again, this is where, like, Marie's always annoyed me more than Skylar because just Marie, the way she goes about it, just almost comes across as more bitchy. And, like, I get mm. it, that's a character, but it's like the dynamic between these two. And I think we all know a couple like this where it's kind of like you almost think, like, how are they together? They just, like, fight. They, you know, they just seem so, you know, shouldn't work, but somehow they always do. But, um yeah, Hank, Hank, you know, singing along to Schrader Brow. <laughs> yeah. So you kind yeah. of almost do want the backstory about how these two got together. Um, you know, as fun as it is to to see these, um, you know, these home home video creating things that they're doing, um, you know, where, the, where she's playing a, a naughty cough or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's fun in and of itself. But, yeah, I'd be interested to kind of find out a little bit more about that. I don't think it is ever revealed on the show, but it might be one of these deleted scenes or one of these kind of short things that they make. We might find out more. So watch the space if we do find out more. Um, we kind of then come we come back to Walt and he's kind of sitting in his car waiting for Jesse to turn up in the RV and, and they're cooking. Um, and Jesse's like, you know, why are we doing this? We actually can't move the product we've got. So, you know, what's the point in doing this? Um, and, and Jesse's saying he can't be the one to move this product because he's now got a profile. Like people know who he is and, you know, he's been watched by DEA, so he can't be doing that. Um, and you know, Walt's obviously, there's a tension there because Walt needs to make money. You know, he's talking about the bills that we, we saw in the first half of the episode. So, you know, he's got a need to kind of make money. Um, and, you know, Jesse says, well, why don't they just become the new Tuco? There's an opportunity here um, that they could become the new Tuco. Um, and so it kind of sets in motion what happens, you know, from here on out through this episode and then kind of leading into the next episode, um, which is Jesse's going to kind of, they're going to, you know, the two of them are going to take a, a crack at, at, you know, basically having having a, a go at running these drugs themselves and you know we get really clear about who's doing what who's part of you know who's got what control and, and what responsibility for different parts of this business and jesse's going to be the distributor you know, that's gonna that was always the plan it was always going to be his part of the job was he was going to be the distributor um so yeah i think this is another one of those good scenes between the two of them um yeah <laughs> there's plenty of arguing scenes between these two so um yeah there's, there's plenty to choose from but this one's good I, I like it. I like the fact that kind of this is Jesse for the first real time kind of standing up to Walton being like, no, like you're going to listen to me now. Like, you know, mm. I've, I've done this, I've done that. And kind of this is the first real time you've almost got Walt just caving to Jesse that kind of like he's like, okay, well, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. Um, and I just love like Jesse standing up, like even and even the way he calls him Walt. Like, yeah, you know, I, th- he I think it's a first, doesn't it? I think he's called, yeah. always called him Mr. White. And so this is the first time he calls him Walt. Yeah, and, like, I forgot that, like, kind of they, they have this storyline about them being sort of distributors, and I guess, like, you know, it makes sense for them to do this, that kind of, you know, give it a crack and, and do it this way. So, um, yeah, I just, I mean, great acting by both of them here. I, I love sort of uh, Brian Cranston's facial expressions because, you know, you're so emphasised on his face, the way he's kind of got this um, the the hazmat suit style thing and kind of, you know, his face is very central with the way it's covering his, his face. So, um yeah, it's great. I just, you know, it's changed a lot. Jesse kind of, you know, got that money and had breakfast with Walt. And now all of a sudden he's, you know, standing up for things, which I like. So, um, yeah. And then all of a sudden it makes me really want to have pretzels in the next scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is, we kind of cut to, to Jesse pulling out the party food, the pretzels and, and inviting his three boys over. So Combo, Skinny Pete and Badger, obviously, um, to kind of talk about, you know, moving these drugs and, and you know, J- Jesse's kind of playing the, the businessman role here quite well, really about, you know, what are the rules around moving the stuff and you know, kind of lays out the plan that, you know, they'll get an ounce at a time, they sell that for a certain price. They can kind of, you know, they can sell it for whatever they want, but he gets his amount back um, and, you know, they're not to cut it you know they're not to you know do any of these things it's you know it's a really clear plan they can move this money uh, move this drugs and, and get lots of money and um yeah everybody's in on the plan but you know i think jesse's like kind of lays down the law pretty clearly about what his expectations are um i think this is just a really fun scene you know like kind of watching these guys kind of bounce off each other and um you know like it's nice to see these kind of you know these three characters well especially you know badger and skinny pete obviously are, are great they're good good um deliverers of lines as as you pulled out with your quote at the start of the episode so so yeah i think it's just a really fun scene to watch yeah again it's sort of just the the unique way that jesse is the the leader here kind of the tuco or whatever it is um but it's 
you know, kind of how he lays it all down. But yeah, it's just the dynamic of these guys together. It's just, as I've said so many times about these type of people, I feel we know these type of people and this is just how people hang out. Like, what's your like space here right here now for my plasma? Because plasma is so much better than LCD. And it's all like, oh no, LCD, like it burns, yo. Whatever it is, like I'm hanging out for 3D. We're talking 3D porn, yo. Like just the way they're kind of going about that. But again, like just i mean these guys are what meant to be in their mid to late 20s now like you just have people over and have a bowl of pretzels and some cola and you know a big thing of ice and that's kind of a business meeting um so yeah it's it's, i just like the setup like this is the the empire that jesse's gonna set out so um yeah and yeah so many great liners here the the feng shui yo yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah things like that what does he say like oh you're gonna get all the lady like jesse's gonna score or whatever it is like, <laughs> i love how they're so like focused on jesse getting laid so you know. <laughs> yeah and then we kind of get this this family scene where basically um we're at um hank and marie's house and um you know ha- um marie's not happy about the whole situation the el paso situation is hank doing jaeger bombs i think here like yeah um yeah so he's not messing around um and then we kind of follow skylar and marie into the kitchen and we finally get this apology from marie about the whole shoplifting thing and my only note here was like this is still going on like we're still talking (laughs) about this this is kind of ridiculous um yeah and 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 then like there's also a scene outside which just seems to be quite a common thing of kind of walt and and hank outside and um you know um walt jr's questioning hank about the whole tuco shootout and and um what questions motive it's you know it's quite a nice scene but it it did feel a little bit like unnecessary i suppose like um it's a fine scene but i it didn't really do a whole heap for me so i think people who are critical of this episode that they might just say hey look this doesn't really kind of move us along all that much there's some of these scenes so i can kind of understand some of the criticism here but i'm never going to complain about watching these guys kind of just you know bounce lines off each other because it's always good yeah i think the marie skylar thing probably should have happened in like the first episode i don't know like it's kind of it's just apologize get over and done with you know we're yeah. the fifth episode yeah it's kind of like oh it's still going on but i guess we've got a resolution to it right so yippee um yeah i just love hank with the jaeger bomb and then kind of just um talking about these people coming up from under the fridge like cockroaches and you know sort of waltz sort of questioning in that but um one thing i i the only thing i'll say like i'm kind of with you like it's it's there like it's it's you know it's never going to make a top five or anything but I just really love Hank's house. Like, I love this kind of visualise <laughs> them sitting out the back on this concrete slab with the barbecue and there's a shot of them kind of like you see just this patch of grass with cactus and kind of just a shot out towards the desert and just, I don't know, I wouldn't want to live in Albuquerque because I hate hot weather. Uh, so, like, you know, I feel I would be complaining constantly, but there's just something about this kind of setup, like, you know, the barbecue out on the porch and just kind of, you know, having this sort of uh, view and everything. So, if, if anything, I like that. I like the visuals that we have of them yeah, having this yeah. barbecue. Yeah, and it's just a reminder, like, you know, that Albuquerque is this kind of character in and of itself. And, you know, the show kind of feels like it couldn't have happened anywhere else. Of course, it could have, but, you know, it does just feel like it has really taken on this kind of feel of this place in the middle of the desert and i just i just love it i think it's it just really highlights where we are um and then we move into like this really fun montage of kind of jesse you know um dealing this this meth and um and seeing his kind of dealers out there selling to various different people what i really liked about this is both the music this kind of peanut vendor song which is the name of the song peanut vendor which kind of you know makes sense when you're talking about these guys are out there kind of shifting drugs i think it's kind of a a funny way of kind of thinking about it um but what i really like is like just the they do a good job and i think you know vince gilligan's really good at not just turning this into although we're going to see the kind of typical meth user in the next episode um i think what i really like about this is you see that just such a variety of people that they're dealing to like there's just such a diverse range of people that would use this particular drug um and you know i really enjoy that i think it's really cool that we kind of get to see that it's not just all meth heads that are using this as you would typically see um and yeah, with, with the caveat that that's obviously going to be a big part of the next episode but that we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there i just think it's a you know again these kind of montage scenes breaking bad does really really well at them you know it just kind of delivers a lot of really useful information through you know an un, an unusual or un, you know unexpected song choice and yeah i just i think it's really really good um 
I, I guess um, it kind of ends with Skinny Pete, you know, gets gets mugged and gets done over by um, these two characters who are going to be quite a big part of the next episode who basically rip him off for the drugs he's got. He kind of, you know, he's doing a deal with her and, and she, you know, pretends that the cops are chasing her and they kind of more or less herd him down a corner and he gets held at knife point for the meth that he's got on him and they take it. So that's kind of, you know, set us up for, for the next episode. Yeah, I you talked about the the fast paced editing at the at the beginning when Walt's kind of sitting there and everything's going. I I love that the shot in this montage of kind of like Jesse's driving and it's just you know all the the sped up stuff like that. And then on the flip side, like I'm very critical. I don't usually like slow motion. It doesn't really work. But I kind of like this slow mo shot of Skinny Pete kind of walking down the street, kind of with his strut kind of going on on his phone and just you know sort of talking. But yeah, I'm with you. I I like this sort of montage and kind of seeing the drop points where they put in like a drain pipe and he puts it in a toilet and things like that. Um, but yeah, the, the mucking bit, like, God, this woman's laugh. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, obviously like, you know, uh, it, it's meant to be that way, but uh, I will say that the, the actors who play these characters and we'll probably talk more about it next week. Like they, God, they sell it well. Yeah. Like they sell it so well that they're these two sort of like meth head, disgusting sort of people. Um, so, yeah, poor Skinny Pete. I should. I, I probably we should have mentioned that to Charles. Like, you know, you've gotten held up by gunpoint. Anybody recently? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, meth heads. Is that a nice thing to say? <laughs> I think it's quite funny when you talk about those two actors because when you kind of look at their kind of mug shots on IMDb, it's like, oh my god, like they look completely different. So I think, yeah, um, you know, total credit to them as actors, but also to our makeup department who you know do like a fantastic job on these two um, to make them look this way. So they've obviously been put picked in part because of you know their ability to act but also their i guess their physicality that they kind of you know, have got that real kind of skinny look which kind of works for this um but yeah i mean um it's not like they're just in this i think um especially um the female um spooge's woman she doesn't have an actual name just spooge's woman um she's been in a lot of stuff you know like if you go and look at her her kind of imdb mm. page there's heaps and heaps there um and actually it's true true for both of them to be fair you know like they've been in lots of stuff like you know not as kind of major major characters i suppose but she's in true blood sorry i just i just i I knew she looked familiar for something but she was in true blood yeah yeah okay yeah Yeah. i do like that i do like that mr spooge has a has a credit in birds of prey as sleazy breeder um (laughs) so yeah not typecast at all are they yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so no it's good and that kind of moves us to that next scene obviously where um jesse and walt kind of meet up and um you know um, Walt's payment's $1,000 down. It's supposed to be 16 k and it's actually only 15 k And Jesse kind of talk, tells him about Skinny Pete being held up and says this is, you know, the cost of doing business is this, you know, quote-unquote breakage, which you'd have at like a department store that they break things and that's just a cost of doing business, basically. So um, I, th- I think that that's really cool that you kind of, um, you, you get the kind of, I like it when they do have the name of the, the, the title in the actual episode so you kind of know what it means because some of them can be a little bit obscure sometimes, um, especially when talking about, you know, really old movies that nobody's ever seen and it's a line from that so so yeah i do like it when it's really obvious what the what the titles come from um but yeah again like just this the dialogue between these two guys is really really good and um, i've kind of noted here that you know while both in this and then when he's when he's having his argument with skylar coming up he's just he's super sarcastic in this episode like mm. just like everything he says is just like yeah like just a really sarcastic guy you know going on about you know like you know you're gonna what is it you're gonna beat up your homies soon that when they diss you and stuff like you know like i think it's just like it, it's really good how he you know he's just got this real character this episode that he kind of carries through and we had that a little bit last episode right we had an argument with skylar and then go straight outside and has an argument with jesse like he's fighting with everybody at the moment and um yeah it, it, it's I, I really enjoy this but you know basically walt's saying that you know there, there isn't a cost of business if you you know if you let these guys push you around now we're going to be seen as soft targets so you've got to get that money back um so so yeah i I just think it's a fantastic scene between these two guys. And this is one of those uh, rare occasions I feel that I am actually really on Team Walt here. Like, I kind of think, well, yeah, like, he's right. Like, what does he say? Like, would Tuco allow breakage? Like, you know, like, obviously you don't need to be as crazy but as Tuco, but it's kind of, I guess, in this type of world, you can't just get walked all over. And obviously that will lead into the the end of the episode. But, um, yeah, like, I kind of like sarcastic Walt here, you know, <laughs> you know, dish your homies or whatever he says there. But, um 
yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. I, lo- I love the meeting point too. Like, let's just drive up to each other in the middle of the desert, you know. Like, I mean, again, like this is one of those things that if a cop is just driving past, you know, on a highway and says these two cars park like this, it, it looks more suspicious to me than it would if they were just like parked next to each other at Kmart or something along those lines. But um, yeah, so um, I yeah, I, I'm with you. And, and like it just, I mean, both Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston just always pull it off, just a dynamic off each other. It just it just works so well. And now I just want a panini as well. Can I just say that in this next scene? Like, uh, <laughs> I can't have one on my diet, but God, that looks good. A what fr- she's eating? A frozen panini that's been in the uh, in the microwave or something. Yeah. You don't have uh, those in New Zealand? Nah, nah, not like I think like we've this. got them in. I think I know they've been a lot in the states, but like I'm pretty sure we've got something. We've had similar things like that in Australia. Right. Like, I know you right. can kind of get those garlic sort of bread loaves that are frozen and you put in the right. oven. Yeah, but, oh, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We probably do have something similar to this, really. But yeah, and. I'm, I mean, obviously, this is, you know, kind of get the scene. He kind of confronts her about the cigarettes and she kind of just blows him off. And, you know, he's really sarcastic about this again. And um, I think he's just in the mood for a fight, really. And, and um, yeah, just setting up that there's just tension going on with him everywhere. So, so yeah, it's just it's just another one that kind of just builds on that tension that's going on between between the, the two. Um, so, so, yeah, then we kind of just move into um this this great scene of like what hank wakes up and he thinks he's hearing gunshots and you kind of see him going through the house with that kind of you know that that real typical kind of gun and torch combo that you see in lots of cop shows you know um and you know i love kind of like the camera angles it's kind of the camera on his face as he's moving around so it's like a video game mm. um and, and i really like that and obviously he kind of goes into the garret and it's actually his his beers popping off um which is yeah it's just like a funny little scene really i i do really enjoy that um and you know, it just kind of plays on the fact that he's having these panic attacks. Um, so, so yeah. We, and then we kind of just, you know, a couple of quick little scenes to finish the the episode, which is, you know, Walt goes to Jesse's house with the gun and says that he wants him to handle it. You know, like basically the, you know, he's not implying he's been pretty clear there that you know, you know, get get it back or kill these people. You know, like make it really really clear that we are the boss. You know, like Tuco wouldn't just let this go. Tuco wouldn't have breakage. So we've got if we want to be Tuco, we've got to handle things like Tuco would. And then we get the kind of just the final scene which brings us back to the cold open which is hank throwing the grill into the river so yeah that kind of you know there's a few kind of quick scenes to kind of finish off this episode but i I really enjoy all of them and i think we're kind of just you know it's a tidy kind of wrap up of this episode there's not a a cliffhanger or or anything kind of outstanding it kind of just wraps the the episode up nicely i think well this guy says she had three and a half cigarettes or something like that or something along those lines and then Walt's concerned about the sodium levels in the panini or something along those lines. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, like, I like that line when kind of Walt says something along the lines of, um, it's so unlike you or whatever, and she's just like, how would you know or something like that. It's like, mm. ooh, like, you know, <laughs> burn. Mm. Um, yeah, the the Hank stuff going through there, um, seemingly always seem to bring up Dexter and Kath and Kim on this show all of a sudden, but um, it just reminds <laughs> you of the episode when um, I think it's Brett's brewing his own beer and he ends up, like, doing these farts or whatever at the end and all these bottles are popping off at the end like that as well so um a little bit more dramatic in this one rather than a fart joke but um i think my um i, I had an uncle who was into brewing ginger beer like non-alcoholic ginger beer and um i, I seem to remember he had quite a few that exploded like this hmm. my dad i think did it for a while as well from memory would you ever brew your own beer would you have like nicker uh, frau or something like that no i'm i'm, I'm trying to resist the urge because i think that will just take me into a whole a whole <laughs> other level that i don't want to go to so so yeah let's 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 stay away from that there's enough good beer in the world without you. me yeah without me having to make my own so yeah you can call it Oz Network Lager or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, yeah, I love I love Walt just showing up just with the handle. It like I just kind of you know sort of you're really starting to get more and more of these badass Walt moments, aren't you? So mm. it's kind of you know, um, and I know a lot of people froth at the mouth for a badass Walt moment. So yeah, I, I do like that moment. But yeah, Hank like. Dean Norris to me is the star of this episode. Like really good acting. Just like this moment when he just throws this in the river. Like um, I just said, like he kind of it comes back to the very opening of it, but it's. Yeah, I, I just like kind of this sort of plot line of having Hank sort of be humanised here that he's going to shoot someone in the head. And, you know, like, I mean, you never know if this is the first person he's killed. Um, you know, like I, I know on Third Watch, they sort of have a plot line about how, you know, they talk about there's a storyline when one of the characters kills someone and they sort of mention about how, like, it's like the third person they've killed or something like that or they've, you know, they've shot five people in their career. And you kind of think that, like, in these cop shows, they're always shooting people, they're always doing this, it's just normal. But, like, when they kind of humanise it a little bit and realise that 
I mean, this is a thing in real life that if a cop does shoot someone, like it's it's a, it's a big deal. Like they need counselling, they need this, they need that. So, um, and particularly in our part of the world where, you know, we're not like the US where I'm sure cops shoot a lot of more people than they do in New Zealand or, yeah. I mean, New Zealand cops for the most part don't even have guns, do they? Like it's just kind of no. only when they need them. So it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's, that always baffled me when I was in New Zealand. That was a very unique thing. But, um, yeah, it's like it when they sort of humanise someone like this. So, yeah, it's, a, it's a, again, mm. as you said, not a cliffhanger, not mass, something massive, but um, it's, yeah. it's still another I do, I do like episode. I do like the scene, which, is, which has obviously been set up of, you know, like he throws and then they've obviously set the camera up so that it just drops right in front of the camera. So you get that nice kind of splash right in front of the camera, which is, you know, pretty simple to do, but it's quite effective. So, no, I really like that. So I guess it kind of moves us into how we're, we're rating this, this episode. And, um, yeah, for me, it's really interesting to kind of talk last episode about this, been considered the worst by by you know at least somebody and on their list because it's definitely not for me it's a buy for me um and i've actually got this as number eight on my list um so i've kind of got it between 737 and gray matter kind of around that area of you know like good episodes um really enjoyable um you know probably not super super memorable um but you know it's an enjoyable enough episode and um you know again on a sliding scale like on a lot of other tv shows this would be an absolute you know top level it's just that breaking bad so damn good that this isn't going to be near the top so could end up being down near our bottom 10 bottom 15 bottom 20 but that's just because everything on the show is so good so it's an easy buy for me in this one i think well what they say on vulture is they they lead with again the worst episode of breaking bad isn't bad but this one is of one of the few installments you could skip without missing any iconic moments, unless you consider seeing an anxiety-riddled Hank package his DIY beer Schrader brow a crucial part of BB history. Um, I I hold this similar to two weeks ago with Bit by a Dead Bee. It's just like, again, it's a, it's a good episode. It's solid. It's got some good parts in it. I'm not bored. I, I like it. I'm not hating on it. But again, there's just nothing outstanding to me that really shines over the top that would make me, you know, like kind of want to rush out and watch again. So I'm going to high rent it again. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's my th- second time you and I have uh, disagreed on something. But uh, I will put this slightly ahead of Bit by a Dead Bee. So this will be my highest rent, even though it's uh, third last. So that makes it tenth for me. So, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's a good spot for me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I think it is one of those ones where um, I think that's a fair comment that you're probably not going to miss a whole lot, but not everything's about plot. Sometimes you actually just want to watch the character development and, um, you know, I think that sometimes that's worth watching. But um, I think we are going to get into an episode that is probably more widely regarded next oh. week in Peekaboo. I think that that's an episode that, um, you know, for a lot of reasons people like. Um, there's some kind of standout moments, but also just, you know, I think it's a really good opportunity to get into a bit more Jesse-centric stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I I can't wait to talk about next episode. I think it's a really good one. I agree. I love – I forgot how much I love next week's episode Um, and because, like, the one scene in it that I think will be a nominee for the top five and I hope makes our top five, it's one of those scenes that, like – I, I think I rewound it when I first watched it because I'm like, whoa, like, did that just happen? Um, like, it's it's not like uh, a certain other scene in this series at, like, the end of season four. But, um, yeah, I just – I remember watching this for the first time and uh, just like, wow. And I, for some reason, thought the storyline next week was, like, a multi-arc thing. I thought, like, you know, Jesse was with these people for multiple episodes and this was a build-up. I didn't really – I forgot that it was over one episode. But, um, God, this this next episode is uh, Aaron Paul at another shining moment. He got nominated for an Emmy based off next week. Um, yeah, and doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's just it's ah, oh, it's so good. Like this, yeah. this is such a great episode. And I'm looking here at the rankings, and I won't spoil it this week. But on uh, the Ringer and Vulture, they both have it very high. And here's something interesting for you: TV Guide had a 100 greatest episodes of all time list back in 2009, and this made it. Uh, mm. which was a very recent episode. I believe this only aired about a week before that list came out. So, uh, yeah, uh, TV Guide put that back on that list. So that was 11 years ago. Obviously, they hadn't had some of the other ones that followed. But, yeah, no, it's, mm. it's a great episode. I, I love Peekaboo. It's such a good episode. Yeah, cool. 
yeah, can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, we will get there when we get there. As for now, you know, appreciate any feedback that you may have on what we're doing. Um, you know, we're really enjoying it. We hope you are too. Um, follow us in all the, the usual spaces and places and make sure you're uh, you're checking out the other um, Oz Network shows at the moment, 24 amongst movie reviews. So, so get amongst that. Um, you know, um, really appreciate any of your, your feedback and your listens and um, yeah just enjoying going on this journey and, and I hope you're enjoying it as well but for now um, we'll sign off uh, my name's Nick and uh, I'm the brains and the brawn I'm the full package and my name is Ben and DBAA mofos apply yourselves thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.